This is three ways to be safe on social media with Chelsea Brown from Digital Mom Talk. Welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. We are your hosts, Tawny Beardall and Erica Peterson. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. We're so excited to have Chelsea Brown from Digital Mom Talk back with us this week to talk about being safe on social media. Chelsea, we can't wait for you to school us on protecting ourselves online. We've been following you for quite a while. We both realized that we need to brush up on this for sure ourselves, and we need you, so welcome back. I'm so glad to be back, and I'm so excited to help you guys kind of brush up on your skills and feel like, you know what, I got this. Yeah, this is pretty intimidating to me. Though Both of these ladies on the podcast today are very tech savvy, and I'm not really, and I have struggled with finding why it's important because I've never personally had a big crisis or issue. But the more I'm around social media and especially going through your outline today, I'm all of a sudden like, oh, okay, this is a big deal. I'm kind of uncomfortable with this, all these new ideas. So I'm really excited to hear your opinion on this and how to be safe on any social media platform. But will you just explain to us why does this matter? Why do teens need to have this on their minds now? So I will tell you the ultimate reason why. I was 16. Okay. So we're talking like I was either a sophomore or a junior. I can't remember. But I was 16 and I decided I wasn't going to have a boss because I worked for my parents on and off since I was like 10. So I started my business pre-iPhone. And so we're talking like this was still very, very new in the world of online businesses. I just wanted to be able to work from home. And really what I wanted at 16 was to not have a boss. So I started um, filling out some platform and found out that I owed $10,000 all of a sudden. I had no idea what I was doing. My mom and dad called me up. We worked everything out. But as a kid, it was kind of scary. And so then I decided at 18 that I wanted to go and apply for a bank job. And then I found out I had identity theft at three because there was something wrong. And so we had to go and file all of these charges. And so as a kid, I couldn't figure out what happened. Going back, looking at my life and knowing what I know now, I know that it happened through what we call hacker scams that are through emails. And social media is now the number one hacker place. They just did a study last year that proved that one in three social media accounts have been hacked in the last five years Wow! out of all the current accounts. So that's currently, there are still one in three accounts out there that have been hacked. Wow. And from that, they have determined that social media is a bigger cybercrime hole than anywhere else. So our teenagers, they need to know how to protect themselves so they don't fall for these internet scams that I did as a kid when I was starting my cute little business online so that they can be better protected. It also, because we're now leaning towards in the hiring and work communities, they're requiring employees to know cybersecurity. So if your teenager can come up to a job or something, especially like a desk job, and they can say, actually, I have cybersecurity training and this is what we need to do, it looks so impressive online. So it's not just about social media. It's about everything. But I like to focus on social media because kids get that. Right. So how, how do we do this? What are the three ways? Let's start this off. What should we do? 
So the first thing that we want to do is we really want to focus on learning about what all apps call their privacy settings. What privacy settings are code for is how we use what you post on our platform, what we post on your things. So a perfect example of why this matters is I was at a client's house. We were having a family powwow of coming up with a family security plan. And she told me, she's like, oh, you don't need to check out my Snapchat. I'm secure. My mom checks my account. She has my password and everything. We're good. And I said, would you mind if we ran a little test? Mm -hmm. So I just pulled up my Snapchat, looked her up and then said, oh, is that your profile? because she was sitting right next to me. And you should have seen the 16-year-old kids like jaw hit the ground. Like, And her mom's sitting there and her mom's jaw hit the ground and her dad's in the other room and he goes, wait, did you just find her? <laughs> he goes, but you, I, don't ha I didn't have her phone number. I didn't have her email. I was sitting in the same room with her and that's how I found her. So our privacy settings are really important as kids. And what we really want to focus on specifically is how to protect ourselves, not from our friends, but from the people that are pretending to be our friends. A lot of kids may be familiar, it's called catfishing or socket puppets, where you create this fake profile of maybe the hottest guy in school and you start emailing all the girls and seeing what they send back to you and then holding it as blackmail or you just dump it online. That's why we want to be really specific with our privacy settings. And so some of the things that we want to make sure in those privacy settings specifically that we have is the first thing is we don't ever want to connect the accounts. So that for everybody listening means you don't use Facebook to log into your Google account or Facebook to create an email account or Facebook to create your Instagram account. You want those accounts separate. You want to, if you want an Instagram account, you go and you create a separate Instagram account with your email and your own password. So I've seen that. It prompts you, hey, do you want to just use this? And often it's tempting because then you don't have to try to remember your password. Yep. <laughs> but you're saying decline that and just get on spe that specific app and just set it up. Yes separately. Okay. Yes. And they have things out there that can store your passwords and enter them in automatically for you. They're usually called like password lockers. And I can link some into the show notes. Some of the ones that I like to use are like Dashline and um, LastPass are two really good ones. And both of those have free options where you can just store your passwords for these accounts. And as a kid, it works really good. But okay. that's how you can do that. And if you connect it, then you just open up your phone and it'll prompt you and it'll fill you in. But then if you ever have to change your password or you ever like forget your password, you can just look it up in those apps. That way you're not tempted to just do that, even if it's more convenient. We just, yes. we need to be safe. Okay, yes. I have a question though. Yes. <laughs> can you use like Google to memorize all of your passwords for you or the little key on the iPhone? Is that safe to do that? I'm just curious. You can. I would never use Google too because here's what happened to my mother. My mother got hacked out of her laptop and she did everything on Chrome. So what did I do? She's like, how do I get all my passwords back? I went onto her new laptop, logged into her Gmail account, and boom, there were all her passwords mm. and everything. And I didn't even have access to it. She just logged into it. So I went into her Gmail settings and looked up every one of her passwords and resynced them. Right. So as a child, what that means is if you're, you know, like trying to protect yourself at school and you have your school account still logged into the computer because it automatically saved it, I can go and use that school computer. I can look at everybody else's account. I can have it automatically log me in. I don't have to enter in the password. And I can see all the passwords you have stored to your Gmail account. 
So I I got a lot of work to do. (laughs) And that's why I say don't use Gmail. You can use Safari. Safari is a little bit more secure. So if you have an iPhone kids, that's a little bit safer. But as far as like using Google, that's like a big no, because you do have to enter in the password, but passwords are so easy to crack. Okay. So as kids, that's what we really want to be safe is we want to make sure that we're not storing that. It's great. Like in my mom's case, if you accidentally have to buy a new laptop, it's great. She didn't have to enter in any of her new passwords, have to remember them, anything like that. But in those instances, you can be really, really easily hacked and you can get any account you want. Wow. Okay. So we're passwords. Stop connecting your accounts. Okay. Thank you. Uh, what else do we need to work on? The next thing, and this is really important for kids, especially if you're in the cyberbullying territory, is try not to let your phone number or your email contacts be synced. The reason is because you have on those, like for example, we'll just stick with Instagram. When you go to Instagram and you click on somebody's profile and it pulls up suggested people to follow, guess where those suggestions come from? Your email and your contacts. Your email okay. and your contacts. So if you're a kid and you're not wanting to be cyberbullied or you're not wanting to be contacted, maybe you know that there's like this creepy guy that your friend's talking to and you don't want them talking to you or finding you, that's what you do is you don't connect those two things. You just add them in manually. So if it doesn't have like the apps, if the app doesn't have your email and your phone contacts synced, then you don't have to worry about it. It's also really good not to ever use your phone number because phone numbers are becoming more valuable than social security numbers because we link them to everything now. And so as a kid, you really want to use your email and you really want to have a separate email for just all social media. You don't want to use like your school email or things like that unless you have to, if that makes sense. So interesting. So Things I would have never thought about. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you wouldn't think about it until you hear this and then you're like, Oh, that makes so much more sense. Okay. Okay. What's next? So the next is what we call location and geotagging. So on your phones, in your actual camera, there are settings in there that what it does is it logs the date and the time the picture was taken and the exact longitude and latitudinal coordinates. We call it geotagging. So you want to make sure that's turned off because even if when you post on social media, we all know we're not supposed to tag our exact address, right? We all know we're not supposed to like type in, this is my house or this mm-hmm. is my school. Like that's just a no brainer of not safe, right? Cause people yeah. can track you, people can follow you, which if you're doing that kids stop. <laughs> the second thing that we want to do is we want to make sure that our pictures don't automatically have that stuff embedded because what I can do as a computer person is I can click on an image on Instagram or Snapchat and I can ask for the geo filter information. No way. Yes. So then I can see where you took your pictures, where you like to go for your pictures, things like that. So then if I'm being super creepy and I want to stalk you, I can. You're taking pictures in your room. They know you're in your room, but you're not saying the location, but you can find it. If you have that geo tagging saved in your preferences. Yes. Oh, wow. So you just, so you just go in and you just turn off the location settings in your camera. And it's for both Android and Apple. That's how they store that information, which is okay. great if you want to remember, like, if you go on a trip and you want to sort your photos by your trip, you can do that in your actual camera sorting now because of that tag. So it's great. When you but just it. make sure that when you're posting on social media, those pictures specifically don't have. Even if they're not tagging a location when they post it, it mm-hmm. that information's all on there. Okay, so can you 
keep that on on your phone, but then turn it off when you post on social media or no, you need to have so it's in the It's in the actual picture. So it's not in the social. So the social, there's two ones. There's a geotag in the social media app, which is like when you tag in your location. So that would right. be like if you're old school and you're using Deadbook or Facebook, I've heard my kids call it Deadbook. <laughs> <laughs> and you quote, check into your workout session. <laughs> Or if you're using Snapchat and you're using like the find my friends location, you want that setting turned off for that. But when you're using Snapchat to post your photos, you can actually click on those photos and you can see where they were at when they took the photos. So you want to make sure that the photo itself doesn't have that on there. And you turn that location setting off in your camera settings in your phone. Okay. Thank you. So important. Wow. Okay. And what's the next thing that's going to blow my mind? So the next thing is we call it facial tagging. So now we're getting into lots of AIs where they're using our faces for stuff. And one of the things that AIs use is like kids are very familiar with it is Facebook. When you post a picture, it will suggest who you can tag. In your privacy settings on Facebook and Instagram, Snapchat doesn't have it and Twitter doesn't have it. But there, you can actually go in and turn off being automatically tagged in posts. So kids, if you don't want to be tagged in your parents' annoying baby pictures that they're posting you, go in and turn off facial tagging. Oh, like you, you, can, you can literally turn that off and then you can never see those pictures. So other people can't find them, especially if mom's not tagged as a relative. That's okay. a great thing to know. Um, the last thing that I think is so fun, or no, I guess I have two more. One great thing that I like is comment filtering. So you can actually go into Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter even has it, and you can filter out your comments, guys. So if you put in your comments, like say you don't want to have a swear word come up, you type in the swear word and several spelling variations, that swear word will never come up in a comment on your feed. You can literally do that. You can do that for, I have my parents do it for their addresses and their phone numbers and everything else that I don't want to protect them from. <laughs> It's all in their comment filters. So when they go to post, you can still post that yourself. But if somebody were to comment on it and say, um, oh, here's so-and-so's email address or, oh, here's so-and-so's this, you can actually have that filtered in your comments so people can't share that on your feed publicly. I didn't even know that was an option. That's amazing to know. It's fantastic. It really helps if you're being like cyberbullied or attacked or things like that. You can actually do that as a kid and you can filter out those comments. So all those mean things kids say about you, you can pull that off and they can't post it on your direct feed. It doesn't affect what's on their feed, but for you, that makes it great, which is leads me to my last one that I love is message requests. So one of my teenagers asked me how to get those obnoxious guys to stop sending her messages. You can actually, in most apps, TikTok, Snapchat, and Twitter, and Facebook have it. Instagram did something wrong with theirs. But those four apps, you can actually go in and turn off message requests. That means if they're not following you or you don't contact that person first, they can't message you, which is so nice. If you're being cyberbullied and you have a thousand new requests from people and they're just trying to message you, you can turn them all off. You don't have to do that. Instagram's a little bit more work, but you can actually do just the report and delete. If you report and delete so many of them, it actually stops allowing those requests to come through. Okay. So message requests are so huge for kids. And it's just stuff to do to keep yourself safe from, like I said, the cyberbullies or, or whoever else you're feeling may not be super great on your digital legacy. I know that so many like people think like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like it's not going to happen to me. But I mean, hello, let's listen to that little piece of advice. One in three, one in three accounts. Like, yeah, that's insane. And it's probably going to get worse. 
Yes, and, and with high school too, one of the things you don't realize is if you're using the school's internet, your school gives you access to like in elementary school, it's like ABC math facts and things like that. But in high school, it's those other programs like Google Suite, things like that. They're harvesting your data. And one of the things that they do with that is they sell your email address. So that's why these things are important because as a kid, if you're looking to get into colleges and they're selling your email address, it's a really quick way to get scammed and to maybe apply for a scholarship that isn't legitimate or to pay a fee to apply for a scholarship or get targeted for loans and things. So it's really important to play with these privacy settings and to really just turn them on and turn them on to where you're comfortable, right? But it also serves another purpose of just protecting ourselves. So it doesn't have to be complicated, but there's a reason why we have them. Okay, so then you have also mentioned just like that there are dangerous things online. Like what are those dangerous things? How can we recognize that? So one of the biggest things that kids don't recognize with dangers is how to know the difference between what I call a real friend online and a digital stranger. Because we assume that who we're talking to is who they say they are, right? So we want to be able to recognize that. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, kids, if you get a message from somebody that's a friend or you don't know, and they say things like, you're so beautiful, you want to chat with me? And they have like a video chat option or my personal favorite, hi, I hope you don't mind me saying so, but you're gorgeous, you should be a model. Are you a model? Hi, I hope you don't mind me saying so, but you're really buff. How much can you lift? Could you bench press me? Want a video chat? I want to be your sugar mama or your sugar daddy. You want to see more? If you're getting those kinds of messages, I want you to memorize those phrases in your head and repeat after me and say, that is a dangerous person. Mm -hmm. That is how dangerous people contact you online is they reach out to you and they'll either send you a photo. You guys know what I'm talking about. Or they will just compliment you and they'll flatter in your vanity and your Oh, you're so gorgeous. And they'll, they'll say things like, Oh, send me a picture. What are you wearing now? Oh, send me a picture pose like this. And those are the way that they lead you into sending photos that you probably aren't wanting to be on the internet. Knowing that there's dangerous people, how do you protect yourself from these dangerous things? Is knowing is half the battle. And then number two is coming up with a response. I'm going to tell you right now, if you ever get any of those messages, you just delete it. You, okay. you don't even respond. You report and you delete And let your mom and dad know, say, hey, if you're watching this, I'm not doing this, but this is what's happening. Because we want to make sure that we respond correctly. The other thing that is super important is being aware of the quizzes and things that we say online. Because this is something that I know teenagers love to do, is you love to take those quizzes and find out, you know, which Disney princess are you or which Hogwarts house are you? Or the really popular one on Instagram right now that I'm seeing is those answer those random questions. Yeah. And answering these questions is not bad, but for those of you who didn't see it, kids, is I have a video. You can follow it on TikTok. I actually posted it on TikTok. And on it, it shows you when you go through those random questions and you answer them, that there's security questions to recover your password. If you have a friend who actually goes in and says, oh, I don't like you anymore, and they know your email address, but they don't know your password, but they can go back and they can see like who your best friend is or whatever, and they know the answers to your password reset questions, guess what? They can reset your password because you can type in there sometimes and you can have it sent to a different email or to a different phone number and they can change your password and get access to your account without you knowing. They can do that through these quizzes too. Some of these quizzes will actually create, we call it a back door. So they literally just create a hole in your social media account and they copy all of your information and sell it on the black market 
to companies that use it either for marketing purposes or for like targeting you for specific kinds of scams or just to see if they can get money from you or your parents. So knowing these kinds of things and knowing how viruses and things like that get on your stuff is really important. I always tell kids, be careful when you're online. Recognize where the danger is and know how to recognize it. If it comes up, my favorite one to see for teenagers is get a free iPhone or fill out this to get your free iPad sent to you. And in my day, it was you actually like entered in your name, your phone number, your email address, and your address. That's everything a person needs to create any fraud on you. So you really want to pay attention to those kinds of things. And your quizzes right now are so popular. Disney princesses is a really popular one. There's what kind of mood are you or which, who's your celebrity actress, things like that. Those ones actually hijack your account. They take your account over, they make that back door, and then they just collect information on you and sell it to people. How are you supposed to know which ones are just fun and playful and safe and which ones aren't? Or do you just do nothing? <laughs> So the ones that aren't, you will usually get a notification that says to, like on Facebook, you'll see if it gives you access to your Facebook account. And that's for the parents listening. You'll see it on your Facebook account. It'll say, do you want X and thing to have access to your Facebook account? If that comes up, just say no and walk away from that app. Now for Instagram and Snapchat and some of the other ones that use this, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to pay attention to if it makes you re-log in. So if you go to click on that quiz and it's not just the filter, but it like makes you re-log into Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat, that's where the red flag should go off and be like, this is a virus. And you can block that too with um, some of your parents will have parental controls installed on your phone. But as a kid, you should be using antivirus and anti-malware because your phone's a computer now. And so mm -hmm. those are things that can block and protect you from that. Again, my client with the Snapchat, she loves to take those Snapchat quizzes and it was being blocked by her router at home. And so it drove her nuts. And so I went in and showed her on the router and said, see this, it was trying to take you to a naughty site. And we went in and we looked at some of the sites were viruses, some of the sites were adult content that she didn't know she was going to be seeing. Some of them were like harvesting sites where they actually had access to all of her Snapchat information. So kids, if you're getting blocked by those, before you get mad at mom and dad, just know that sometimes it's not always as bad as it sounds. Eye opening. It's just protecting you, really. What programs do you use? I didn't know you need to have virus software or malware software on your phone. Is there just an app for that? Is that. There are apps. I'm going to tell you right now don't go with the free versions, go with the paid versions, and go with legitimate security companies. So I'll just put a post together and link in the show notes, but a couple of the ones that I like that are universal are Bitdefender and Avera. Those two are really nice. And you can just get, if you buy like a package, you can get it and you can put it on not just your, like your computer and your home devices, but you can put it on your cell phones too. Cool. So those ones are really nice. So I know that it may seem like this isn't like a huge deal, but here's my story. So I have a friend that filled out this cute little get to know you thing on Facebook. You know, how long have you been married? A year? What's your favorite color? Blue? What's your thing? And I went through and I actually took that information and I broke into her account. <laughs> and then just because my friend and I are, have a really good relationship and she was letting me experiment, I took out like an application for a loan in her name, then reported it back to her. And wow. my friend was shocked. Like she had no idea. She didn't even get pinged on her credit score because I had all the information. And so I just told her like, no, I don't send like a ping back. I just need like, it's me. Can you just verify this? And it wasn't even like there. It was just the information that we had. 
because I had everything I needed to replicate it. Now, if you're a kid and you're thinking, well, that's not a big deal. I found this out when I went to register my daughter for school. I only needed, for my daughter's school, I only needed her birth certificate or a copy of her social security card. So what I did is I didn't have her birth certificate. So I called the actual agency. They asked for my legitimate driver's license. I gave them my mother's. And I personally requested for my mother to get my daughter's birth certificate. And she's not on the birth certificate at all. They got it. No problem. They just paid the fee. You have to have a valid license for it. Now, that state has different issues. But as a kid, if somebody can get your birth certificate, we can easily make an account in your name. We can take out a loan in your name. Could you imagine going to college and trying to apply for a loan only to find out that you've already gone to college 500 times and you have over $100,000 in loans with interest? Terrifying. Like how scary would that be? So when I say these things, I'm not saying it to terrify you. I'm saying if we protect ourselves and we use those privacy settings we talked about in step one, we're a lot less likely to do something stupid and have something dumb happen to us. Yeah, just be aware. Is there any warnings you would give for specific posts to avoid or things to avoid on social media? On Facebook right now, everybody is really popular and they're starting to become popular on Instagram with these posts that say things like get to know you and they'll fill out all the get to know you questions. There's other posts that I see um, with like the random questions that we talked about earlier where you answer things. So some of the things that we shouldn't post about is things that you have personal links to. So when you're posting on Instagram and Facebook, don't tag things like your bank that you bank at. Don't tag things like the school that you go to. Don't tag things like your best friend, because guess what? That's the answer to your password reset question. So those are the kinds of things that you can not post, or you can do what I do. And if you do want to share about your best friends, don't let those best friends that you're constantly sharing about be the answer to the security questions that you have. So for example, My husband and I got proposed to and engaged in Las Vegas, Nevada, but I don't answer our security question as where we got engaged is Las Vegas, Nevada. I put the restaurant we got engaged to. So that's something that you can do. So then if you do want to post like your anniversary or things like that, and you want it to have that specific thing, you can do things like that and take the date off. You can do things where it's like, this is where we got engaged, but that's not the answer to one of your security questions. Or we haven't been together like the number of years. If you want to post those things, just make sure those aren't the security questions you're answering, if that makes sense. Perfect. The other thing we talked about with leaving a digital legacy is being intentional with what we share. So some of the things that I wouldn't share would be like our personal things. So a great example is my sister was in, I want to say like seventh or eighth grade, and she liked the guy that every girl in the church liked, okay? All of her friends liked him, and he liked her. Guys, it's probably not relevant, but girls, you can imagine how everybody hated her, right? Well, my sister had a really good friend that she called up on the phone one night and told her all about this guy giving her her first kiss and their first kiss together and everything. What my sister didn't know is that her friend was actually at a slumber party and had girls at her house and they put this phone call on speakerphone. Mm. So every girl that my sister was friends with that would not be okay with it, heard that not only did she have a first kiss, but this guy kissed her, and they got to hear all the nitty-gritty details. Sad. It was so sad. My sister literally never went to that church again. Like, she never came back. She's like, I just can't go back because these girls just won't be nice to me after that. 
as a kid, we have questions that we should ask before we post because when we share these things online, there's no guarantee that they're kept private. And one of the ways that we can protect ourselves is we can ask ourselves some questions before we post things or we share things. We can ask, you know, would I be comfortable if the person who hates me saw this or the person who I hate saw this? Would I be happy if my mom saw this? If I saw this on television, would I be comfortable if a police officer was showing this to my mother or my mm -hmm. pastor or my parent? Would I be scared if somebody tried to share this with my friends and family? Would it be okay if my church leaders found out? Would my dream job actually hire me if they saw this and found out about this? How would I respond to things like that? What should I share instead? Those are things that we can ask ourselves to make sure that we're not sharing things online that aren't inappropriate. We want to make sure that no matter what we're doing, that we have this legacy online that is good, that we are proud of. Because it's not just about people judging us. It's about us being proud of what we share online. And like my sister, my sister never shared another thing with that friend again. And she learned. And it's really hard for her to open up to people. So we want to have those kinds of things. Because I have seen kids, you know, they take screenshots of your Snapchat and share them. They'll take those private messages that you send. You can video record those and screen record your stuff. Nothing you do online is private. Yeah. So we want to make sure that what we're sharing even to our friends in a private message is something that we can be proud of later because if it shouldn't be shared and we wouldn't be proud of somebody else sharing it with our parents, we probably shouldn't be doing it. Great advice. And I think so important in this day and age to really understand that in case people are feeling a little overwhelmed, if you could suggest like just three, if you were going to pick just three things to start with, that would make the biggest impact in protecting ourselves online, what would those three things be? My first thing would be to do your privacy settings on social media. And my second thing would be to just watch what you post. Though between those two things, just doing that, 90% of the stuff that we get through hacking is through social media. So if you get your privacy settings all secure and then you watch what you post, you're already like 90% better than the majority of the people especially because social media is like, it's the number one hacking resource that we have as hackers. And it's also the biggest like mistake people make with giving out too much information. So if you can focus on just those two things, you'll actually reduce a lot of it down because the more you use social media, the more likely you are to be a target. Perfect. That is such great advice, Chelsea. Thank you so much for taking your time. I know you are a busy working mama and we really appreciate all of the wisdom you've brought to us. Will you please let our listeners know the best way to get in touch with you, where they can find you and learn more from you? Yeah. So the best way to get a hold of me is through my website, digitalmomtalk.com. And I've got tons of free resources and things there, other podcasts and news articles and publications I've been on. And you can just find anything there. If you sign up for the newsletter that I do, you can actually, I send out weekly tips on how to keep yourself safe on social media and safe online that are usually pretty doable. And so they're usually just like one tip a week that you can do that day to make yourself more secure. And that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. I love that. Instead of drinking from this fire hose that we did today, you just get little drops that you can do every day. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for your time, Chelsea. You're welcome. 
Better Screen Time is a company that is focused on helping families teach children and teens how to use screen time devices and tech in a healthy and responsible way. They give parents tools to help involve their family in creating a tech healthy family. Visit betterscreentime.com to learn more.